Thanks for tuning in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast, your place for education and happenings for all things craft beverage. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner. I hope you obtained some value from our show because, as you know, far better it is to Beer Mighty Things. Cheers. Welcome in, welcome in. Today we are blessed with the presence of Matt Anderson with an S-E-N, which I've uh, always thought it was O-N for a long time. Matt comes to us from Norris McLaughlin, a great law firm and integral part of the Brewers of Pennsylvania Guild. Uh, They're based, his office at least, is in the Lehigh Valley. I'm a Lehigh Valley uh, born and raised guy, so I'm a little biased. But uh, welcome in, Matt. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. How's everything going with you? Everything's going well. Um, obviously, some uncertain times, uh, lots changing daily. And, um, you know, if anyone knows what's going on, uh, I think it would be you. So, yeah, I appreciate your time today. Yeah, no, it's been an interesting, uh, it's almost a month now. We're getting pretty close to be I know. dealing with this for a, for a full month in the uh, United States, at least. But it's, uh, it's been an interesting few weeks, to say the least. Yeah, I've been noticing, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, the time flies by. I don't know if it's because of the amount of uh, information that's coming and going or if, you know, just the the proactive types of things we're trying to do to stay in front of this. But, you know, every day it's kind of like, oh my God, it's four o'clock. You know, I got an hour before, you know, everybody kind of shuts it down, so. Yeah, I, I, I'm not used to working from home completely, and I think that's sped up the the day a little bit too. But I would say I think the first week when everything was getting shut down was very much so the busiest I think I've been in a few months. Just constant updates, everything was changing quick. You know, most of our clients, if not all the ones I commonly work with, are in the hospitality, restaurant, retail, um, alcohol space, the breweries, wineries, distilleries, you know, restaurants, whoever. Um, and there were the ones that getting, you know, either shut down or their main business of on-premises sales were being delayed or, or ceased. Um, and you know, how can they operate? How can they continue to operate? We were getting questions left and right. And then on behalf of the brewers of Pennsylvania, you know, we've been busy researching and advocating and doing all that stuff and answering questions and all that and phone calls and conference calls with the members and stuff like that. It's been, it's been a busy, uh, busy time for sure. Is there a most common well, question you're receiving? To go in Pennsylvania is probably the biggest question. That makes sense because they're watching the breweries do it. Yeah, there's been uh, well, the distilleries can sell, but the the restaurants can't sell any of their spirits to go that they have on stock. Um, state liquor stores closed uh, fairly quickly in March when this was all being shut down, um, which is really the only retail outlet for. Uh, spirits in Pennsylvania, unless it's distilled and, and produced in Pennsylvania. So, wow. good thing. Good thing is the craft distilleries are getting their their day in the in the spotlight here to showcase their products and sell them to people that you know need a vodka or something like that in Pennsylvania. But the um, the a lot of other states have opened up you know retail sales of spirits to go or cocktails to go with food, um, and Pennsylvania has not done so. so. We're one of the few states that has not really given another option to sell other than the state stores recently opened their online portal, which I think has had very mixed uh, results. Is there a, you know, obviously there's a push for that. Is there a timeline of, of when spirits may be able to be delivered or is that just kind of not in the legal code or tell me more? Um, so the, the distilleries can, Pennsylvania distilleries have the ability to deliver their own products to customers um, and to other businesses. Uh, there's nothing really that prohibits them from shipping um, as well. 
uh, finding a carrier to work with you is the harder part. Um, but the, the state has an online portal that they are delivering from, I believe, but it has crashed a lot. It is not open for everybody all the time. And this just, it's just opened like last Wednesday, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, but there's been a lot of push from the National Distilled Spirits Council trying to get them to open the stores. That's a lot of their membership are the Jack Daniels of the world and the yeah. distilleries that aren't product isn't moving at all. And Pennsylvania is one of the largest, if not the largest wholesalers of alcohol in the world. So, you know, as the system is controlled by the state, the wholesale of it and the retail sale of it, they are a big buyer and a big player in the you know national landscape of uh, spirit sales. So, wineries have their ability to sell through the grocery stores and convenience stores, but there's no similar concept for distilleries and uh, spirits that are made in Pennsylvania. So um, that might not ever change. I mean, they have their foothold on the, on the sale in the market, but the, the still the distilleries in PA have the ability to do their delivery sales and to go take out. Um, and you know, it's been a good time for them with between the hand sanitizer production sales and the you know ability to keep, keep getting their products out in front of people that might not have known about them before. Um, it's been the, it's been a, obviously not great for anybody, but it's been a, you know, a nice blessing in disguise, if you will, that they can expand their presence in the market. Yeah, it's definitely been unique. Now, can a uh, spirits producer in Pennsylvania, can they cross state lines with a delivery? Um, it all depends on the receiving state. Every state's different. Um, okay. Most states require some aspect of wholesale to get it to a retail business. Um, for customers, every state's going to be different. A lot of states have direct consumer wine. Uh, delivery permits like Pennsylvania has a direct wine shipper it's called yeah. um but none of that exists for distilleries in most states so it's not that's not as common um some states allow it some people ship it and don't follow the rules some most major carriers yeah. if they see that it's spirits they won't ship it unless there's uh, legal proof that they can do that so okay there's a lot more of a fact market to it than anything of just people sending stuff and it getting there Good to know. Good to know. All right. So, you know, you had mentioned, you know, contracts and things like that. Um, you know, I was on a, you know, your webinar yesterday and, you know, we got into the conversation about, you know, force majeure um, and, you know, in French means superior strength. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Force majeure in French literally means superior strength. And obviously this uh, COVID-19 is of superior strength and unforeseeable circumstances that are going to prevent someone from fulfilling a contract. Um, what are you seeing out there in terms of contracts? Is it just, you know, when I think of it, obviously I'm thinking of uh, tenants and landlords and then also like hop contracts, but tell me more about what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, from an attorney's perspective, we see the force majeure clauses in almost every contract we deal with. So whether it's a lease, uh, you know, agreement of sale for the purchase of something, whether that's, you know, equipment, real estate, assets of any kind, um, you know, distribution agreements for breweries, uh, wholesale contracts for you know, wineries and distilleries, um, management agreements for different retail locations. A lot of these have the notion or the concept of force majeure. Um, and it's a legal doctrine that pretty much says, you know, if something happens that nobody can control, everybody's kind of resolved of their obligations under the contract. It's acts of God, it's hurricanes, it's, you know, Generally, not pandemics are not written into these clauses, which is uh, we've actually reviewed contracts in the last couple of weeks that we've added. Uh, we started revi or revising our common language and adding uh, pandemics and government shutdowns and things like that to to um, you know bolster the language of the contracts because a lot of times with force majeure, as I'm sure you learned on our webinar, that it was it's 
specific. It's got to be included in the contract or proven, you know, or you have to go to court to prove it, that it was a, uh, avenue for that. And the art of contract drafting is you don't want to end up in court ever. It's more of a, you know, make it, make the words mean what they do. So everybody understands that. So we have been adding it, um, to, you know, it's kind of get out, get out of free, get out of jail free card, if you will, yeah. on contracts of something that happened that nobody can control, which this is one of them. And unfortunately, I think what we'll see um, with a lot of businesses is that there's some of them are partially still open. So is it, is it not possible? Is it, you know, there's other doctrines and contract defenses and impracticability and um, frustration of purpose. Um, is it impracticable to still be open for to-go sales like most retail businesses are in Pennsylvania? Are you not closed? You're not shut down. Um, you know, there are, there's going to be a lot of nuance to this and it already has been changing. And as I'm sure you've seen in the insurance world as well, there's been you know, legislation being proposed of, to open these things up that, you know, certain aspects that may not have been covered by this up to, to um, legislative control and legislative changing. So it's, you know, evolving quickly, I think, but we've, you know, we've seen it. Everybody's dealing with it. Um, I guarantee you every attorney that is doing contracts from now on, will be adding, those areas i mean it's usually something you could just skip over and you know act of god great you know absent hurricane which all that stuff's usually spelled out in there like yeah what's going to happen but now there's you know as you learn doing this kind of work you you experience things your contracts change you change your terms to to meet experiences and things you've seen um which is you know nice of working with attorneys that have specific skill sets that have seen these and work in the industries which i'm sure is the same with doing insurance work um you know, you can plan, start to plan, but not that this is ever going to happen again. Hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, you know, what are we going to do? If it comes back in the fall, what are the new contracts look like? You know, can we structure things with business now to set us up for future issues that could be like this, or we get shut down for any other reason? If there's a you know, mass riots or something like that, anywhere that causes things to shut down, any number of events that can make your business shut down, how do you word that? So you don't have to specifically name everything is important. And also you do specifically name things like this, you know, it's, this could happen again. It's happened before in history. So it's not a new, new event by any means, but also not usually thought about. It seems like we, we have, you know, some sort of pandemic every 10 years or so, you know, swine flu and, you know, all that. Um, surprised that the contracts haven't evolved over that time. I just think we haven't seen much of an effect like this in the United States per se. Um, you know, I bet national companies have been dealing with that, but a lot of those, major um pandemic type deals have been you know limited in scope to certain areas getting hit harder and not led to massive government shutdowns of you know everything essentially so it's you know this is a new one i think in many people's you know minds of of you know having an effect on on everything i mean it's it's i think we're starting to see now things that are affected on the back end you know maybe it wasn't their business that was affected but now they're not getting paid because another business didn't get isn't paying their bill or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it all evolves. Yeah, it's definitely a trickle down effect. You know, uh, suppliers right now, the breweries can't get XYZ. Uh, I've seen issues, you know, with the crowlers now, you know. That's a big one. Yeah. What are you seeing? We've we've had clients reach out to us from different states. Uh, you know, do you have any contacts with crowlers? We've had, I've seen a lot of breweries step up helping other breweries out. I mean, you're um, the Brewers of Pennsylvania has a member Facebook group that, you know, everybody's always very helpful with each other in there, people getting growlers to each other. But the major um, producer of them, which I think is Bell, the Bell Corp 
they just, you know, they announced, I think it was last week or the week before, that they were out until April. Apparently, it's like a generally a quarterly order that they do okay. due to demand. But now it's now it's uh, increased demand. Restaurants want them. Breweries want them. You know, anybody that can sell a product to go wants them, essentially. Um, so they can, you know, get rid of their draft products or whatever they have. And, you know, I think the demand, I think they've fixed it a little bit, but I think there's still a shortage out there. But it's another idea of breweries that were canning, breweries that were doing this in advance, breweries that were prepared to do these off-premises sales. You know, those are the ones that are capitalizing right now, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to prepare for. And it's always, this is kind of that situation where like, that's not going to happen to us, you know, and this was going, started off in China. You're like, oh, wow, you know, it's getting wild over there, but you know, we're good here. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. Um, this is, this is affecting us, you know, physically at our homes. This is starting to get real, you know? Oh yeah. I look back at my timeline of thinking on this whole thing in January. I remember thinking about it February and you know, so there was a thing. And then all of a sudden March was okay. It's here. Not us though. Not us though. It's just New York. No worries. And then and it was Pennsylvania and then we were shut down. <laughs> and I was like, okay, here we are. A few weeks later, I'm sitting at home still working from here. So it's wild. It's yeah. wild, man. It, it evolves quickly. I mean, it's, there's nothing anybody can do to prepare for, for something like this. It's more of a, you know, as, as I think, um, my bosses were saying, you know, there's no playbook for any of this. There's no playbook for the government to handle this necessarily a little bit for them, but there's no playbook for, you know, a brewery. How do you, how's a brewery supposed to deal with this? How's a, how's a law firm supposed to deal with this? You know, how are you supposed to deal with layoffs of people and dealing with employees during this and the health safety and, you know, there's, there's so much to it that it's not, you know, it's not a one, one trick answer to any of this. Yeah. There's no like one thing you could fix that is going to, is going to make this better. It's, you know, it's a whole domino effect. No, but there's been good support in the industry from what I've seen. Everybody's kind of there to lend a helping hand if they can. Um, there's been a lot of support for the workers. I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, various clients doing, you know, fundraising and, you know, different pay forward campaigns and gift card campaigns and you know, donating money to their workers and different charities that are doing that. Um, one of my clients, uh, you know, every beer sold at retail, every case would be a dollar to a, a charity supporting the Philadelphia region hospitality workers. So, you know, there's been a lot of good coming out of it as, as much as can be in that regard. But, you know, it's definitely, definitely something that we'll see the effects on continually for a while just to see, you know, how businesses will survive it, uh, which ones will, which ones won't, you know, if you don't have off premises sales at all, this is probably going to be a big, big hurt for you unless you were prepared with a, you know, back stop of money to, to deal with something like this. So it's, it, it should be interesting. And, you know, everybody's feeling, I mean, landlords are going to feel it. The lenders are going to feel it. So it's, it's, um, it is something too, though. I think there's been a development of the, the to go, the off-premises sales, the delivery programs, the um, various you know, marketing towards doing those things that will benefit businesses in the long run too by keeping those programs and maintaining them. And um, you know, restaurants to go sales. Maybe maybe they'll be more prevalent. Maybe there'll be more restaurants doing prepared meals to go. You know, there's a money stream there. People that don't want to go out and pay, you know couple 50 more bucks of meal to, to sit somewhere and eat and have some drinks and stuff like that so it's i think there'll be this is going to change a lot a lot of stuff across the across the board in every industry so it's it's a uh it'll be interesting to see what what, what stays what doesn't what's permanently that way and and uh if anything will change legally legally we'll see what's changing but i don't know there's been some privileges offered especially in a lot of other states with the spirits and stuff that would be um 
that could be game changing for, for certain businesses and affect others. But I know I've heard rumblings that the, you know, certain industry trade groups will be pushing hard in the other direction once this is all eased up and everybody's back to normal, you know, to get things back to where they were prior to this. So I think, you know, legislatively you'll see battles and especially in the alcohol business where the tiers are so strict and, and uh, you know, not always in each other's favor. So yeah. it, should be, it should be a very interesting time. Now, what about, so we're talking alcohol, but, you know, I know you work with folks who are, you know, non-alcohol or, you know, kind of in the milk world and, you know, that sort of thing. What else, what are they seeing? Yeah, no, we had a, uh, we had a call with our uh, colleagues in the food and, be- or food and uh, beverage business generally. Uh, we have a practice group of, you know, with food producers, different importers, whatever it might be. Um, you know, they're seeing all sorts of issues. Uh, the big manufacturers, what happens when you have an employee that gets it? And then the other employees turn to social media and there's issues that way. And, and, you know, and the company is like, okay, what do we do here? There's been a lot of crisis management aspects to this that aren't, you know, your typical result. And, you know, food producers, I think, you know, there's some good guidance by the FDA that, you know, this isn't a food issue necessarily. You just got to take your normal precautions, take the extra precautions that are recommended by, you know, them and the CDC. Um, But it doesn't stop people from, being freaked out, which they're rightfully allowed to be right now. If you know someone had it and they didn't know or anything like that, so there's been all sorts of issues that businesses have had to deal with from employment perspectives and and everything. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a lot of change. I think just generally very fast, uh, rapid changes happening. So it'll every industry is being affected. I mean, you can you name it. You know, travel. Hospita- the hospitality industry, I think, is really being hit hard because they really rely on people coming to their businesses and being present and in the seats. Um, and I hope, you know, assuming that there's not like a major economic issue, that we see that return and 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 heavily, I, I, you know, coming right into the summertime. You know, if we can get this, hopefully, going back to our favorite clients and breweries and whoever in in the months of May and June, and uh, we'll see a lot of people there and hoping to see uh, everybody get out of hibernation here. Um, and get back out. Yeah, I, I think once this kind of opens up, and I don't, that's the other thing. It's like I have friends who, you know, they had uh, travel booked to Europe or, you know, somewhere else uh, in June, and those are canceled, you know. Um, and that's the whole tourism part. It's like, you know, I was speaking to an attorney uh, yesterday in um, Jackson, Mississippi, and he was saying how New Orleans right now, they're not really getting that coverage, but New Orleans has more cases and it's more deadly than new york city but i'm not hearing about that really but just imagine like that effect on the travel down there and what those businesses thrive on i mean not only were they hit with katrina that was devastation yeah and you know and they've bounced back from that um this is different you know but this is again it's it's a time where everyone's got to band together i think the only thing that we can really control is our attitude try to stay positive you know even though we're cooped up in our little offices at home but you know, this is affecting obviously everybody from, from little person all the way up to the government. And it's just, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a catastrophic type of situation. That's just it's still unknown. And when's it going to end and when can we travel again? And, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, even from just strictly from the beer industry perspective, you know, we work with, as you know, clients from the small, you know, garage producers, you know, moving up from home brewing to starting to distribute a little bit of beer and see what their following can be um, to the, to the big, not the big brewers, but the craft, the big craft brewers of the world. And uh, 
they're having issues with what about all this product and kegs? What do we do with this? You know, their distributors are saying, what do we do with this? There's federal and state rules about taking back products that don't really fit into this situation. Um, you know, usually you can refund for damaged products, you know, products that they're changing labels and stuff like that. But what about beer that's just sitting there that's not selling? You know, the TCBs relax rules for, um, they call these consignment sales where they're sold under contingency to, you know, if they're not used, they're bought back or carried back, but that's legal generally, but they've, you know, limited, uh, relief for events that aren't happening due to this. So, you know, alcohol sold for sporting events and concerts that aren't happening right now. Um, but what about the, you know, producers that distribute in however many States and they have kegs out all over the place that are sitting idle in distributors warehouses that they're not being sold either. There's going to be, you know, battles left and right over all this stuff. And who's paying for the loss? Can they even return it? Can, what do they, how do they dump it? You know, what is the, what is the implications of all this? You know, it's, it affects, and then there's the small ones that rely on strictly taproom only sales. So it's affecting them too, because they, you know, they don't even have a, pre- a channel of, of off-premises sales. And, you know, it's great that all the manufacturers can be open to sell their products to go, but they can't sell all the other products that they had on yeah. draft or, or, you know, available to go either. So it's, it's an interesting situation. It's going to develop more. I mean, there'll be more to it. And you know, the relief has been helpful so far, I think, but we'll see. Uh, there's more there's more advocacy going on around all that as well you know excise tax rebates and stuff like that so we'll see what happens have the checks started to arrive you know from the paycheck protection act are you seeing that or is it delayed or do you know um all i know is from our um i don't think any i think people are still getting approved i don't think any of the money has been dispersed yet i did hear something about possibly till may that wouldn't happen but you know the big part of it is really not laying off people so it's kind of that was the basis of it so it's you know Another issue of it is a lot of people did stuff like that prior to to meet the different state unemployment rules or to give their employees a chance to get unemployment instead of, you know, it's not being paid. So it, it's a dynamic situation. I don't think anybody's really been paid yet. I would imagine a lot of that's going to start this month, maybe, or, or the next month. But I know I heard read a lot about a lot of banks weren't quite, not that they weren't necessarily prepared themselves, but it all happened very fast and without any proper, you know, setup or anything. So it was so quick that it was a process for a lot of people. It took hours, the application's taking hours um, yeah, and uh, all sorts of other issues. So it's been you know, that, that while it will help, we'll see, you know, how much else is needed in the future and you know, what else, what else can be done? I mean, even, you know, tax relief at the various different taxes that are paid. Now there's been no real state tax relief yet that we've seen from Pennsylvania <clears throat> at least. Um, so, you know, that could be helpful to breweries specifically with the, with the use tax as well as their excise tax that they pay. So, we'll see what comes out of this. You know, a lot of that stuff's common sense. I think it makes sense to do it, but um, at the same time, you know, there's a, uh, there's not much, you know, that anybody can do right now. Cause even the legislator is not really supposed to be there. They're, they're all voting remotely or might even be in recess right now. I'm not sure. So. Um, I saw that Wisconsin and, you know, voting there is on, then it's off and it's on and then it's online or you got to mail your votes in by a certain time period. I mean, it's a mess. Yeah, and everybody's kind of operating. As, as we were talking about before, there's no playbook to this. Everybody's kind of, you know, changing as they go and figuring it all out as we go. Um, which is, I mean, even even uh, we're attorneys. We're used to working in an office and being around people and you know having access to our files and all that stuff. So it's learning to go for us. And we're very, you know, we're more digital than we were last year at this time, which is good. But at the same time, you know, there was still hiccups in the process of getting you know, everybody working online and. You know, we're, we're able to, as a, a business that we can be remote, which is 
nice, but um, you know, we were not deemed essential, even though we have clients and, and uh, you know, working and we have, um, there's certain aspects of attorney work that, you know, that is required all the time. Um, so those, those types of attorneys can be working, but uh, um, yeah, there is, there's a, uh, it's, it's just been a, a, a developing process for everyone, I think. And, and uh, we're all learning quickly. Hopefully be better prepared next time. It's my longstanding positive uh, approach and reaction to all this. Yeah. I guess, but it's just like, for what, you know, you always, again, as we go back to that force majeure, it's like, all right, hurricanes and this sort of thing, but no one thought to be prepared for this. I've seen Bill Gates, you know, his Ted talks, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, he goes, we're going to have a virus. We're going to have a pandemic that we are not prepared for. Um, and we did nothing about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah no, that'll be, uh, it'll be. And what's the next thing? <laughs> what's the? Yeah, well, like, what's, what's COVID-20? What's COVID-21-22? When do those happen? Like, what, you know? Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not is the, uh, the ultimate goal. But, yeah, it's been, I don't know. It'll be, it's going to change everything for everybody. And, you know, some people for the better, I think. I hope we see, you know, people's yeah. business models expanding. And I think we will, um, you know, it's people that were struggling before this may not make it out of this and we'll see a lot of that probably, but it's going to be tough to tell what was caused directly by this and what wasn't, you know, before we were already seeing some brewery closures and businesses like that, you know, due to various aspects, you know, it's not just competition. It's, you know, different life scenarios that happen with people and owners and different, you know, situations, landlords selling buildings, all sorts of things can happen. And you don't necessarily ever, ever know, but if we see an influx of it, obviously we'll be able to point to that, but um, you know, it, it'll be, it could be, it could have accelerated what might've already been coming. And we just, you know, we'll just blame it on this, but that, that'll, and that'll affect a lot of other businesses. And it's just not, not anything that's unique to this industry for sure. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, you know, coming into this, you know, into the craft beverage space, you know, seven, eight years ago, right? Glass growlers, right? You'd take your growler, you'd get your stainless steel growler and you go to a brewery and you fill it up. And then it was like, oh, that didn't really exist anymore. Bottles went away. I, I have one of those, uh, <clears throat> the bottle cap, you know, state of Pennsylvania, where you, you get a beer and the bottle cap, you put it in your, on your, on your sign there. People don't even use bottle. You know, I, I'll no. never fill it up because there's no bottles anymore, right? Now there's no really not using growlers and you got the cans and growlers. Like it's a whole, the model continues to uh, change and develop even without a crisis. Um, it's just a fast moving space. Yeah, no, it definitely develops quick. I mean, look where we were with, I don't even remember when it came on the scene, but you know, hard seltzer that came out of nowhere, like not last year, probably the year before, um, 2000, 2018, it came, you know, mainstream. And then out oh, the fad, it's, you know, it's Mike's not Mike's Mike's is very popular still. It's, uh, you know, uh, not your grandfather's root beer or whatever that yeah. stuff was and Hard all the soda. other products and, you know, Zima, whatever, all the products that have come and gone over the years. And, you know, today uh, or yesterday, another brewery announcing their hard seltzer line, you know, all the, it, that's that, that right there is a product specific example of, of where it's going. And trust me, I hear things all the time. We have clients always call us, Hey, can I make this? Hey, can I make that? You're, it's an innovative, innovative business, uh, which is good in times like these, cause it'll help them, you know, like look at the hand sanitizer for distilleries. Like that came out of nowhere. All of a sudden they have a bunch of distillers that are now master recruits of hand sanitizer. Well, they keep that option in line. If the TTB allows them to, I'm sure a lot of them will. 
Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's for even from consumable products, you know, they tend to develop and, you know, maybe we'll start seeing more canned cocktails out of this with people having an option in case this ever happens again, or maybe we'll see more, you know, I don't even know, more breweries with crawlers in stock <laughs> probably after all this is said and done, but it's, yeah. you know, and the wild thing with the crawlers was the fact that, you know, there, there wasn't, you know, the cans and the crawlers, there's not many companies out there that even produce those to begin with. And now there's, you know, an extra shortage, right? So it's uh unique times, my friend, very uncertain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, where can the listeners find uh, more about you folks? Well, even more so important is our website is norsemclaughlin.com. Um, we have uh, uh, a coronavirus, um, what do you call it, preparedness center, which we okay. which we put out um, on our website. I think fairly quickly uh, into this whole thing, really hitting steam in the United States, um, full of information uh, from a business perspective, employment perspective, uh, you know, anything legal that you can think of that we. Uh, that we do there's um blog posts that are constantly updated different checklists um all the recent public information that's being put out there for pennsylvania new jersey and new york where we have offices um uh, our liquor law blog uh, legal liquor is obviously always very populated with information uh, you can follow me on twitter um, which is at matt b as in boy anderson spelled with an s-e-n um uh, I'm constantly updating that uh, all the time um, and also put our new blogs out um, and, you know, follow us along. We, we try to be a good resource in the world and keep all the uh, information creative and active and um, positive if possible. Yeah. You, I'm not going to, you know, I get, I, I read every blog you guys put out. You're very active. Um, I get a lot of my news via I get an email that says, you know, Matt Anderson tweeted about this. I'm like, all right, well, let me check it out. And that's how I learn, you know, a lot of what's going on. You know, instead of me scrolling, I have a couple of folks that I know I can get um, good, uh, knowledgeable, you know, news and resources. So um, I, I definitely, uh, I enjoy what you guys are doing. I appreciate it. And uh, I know the, the industry appreciates it. And, and what odd other do you work in every state? Are you guys available for every state or? Um, federally? Yes. We can do federal work across the entire U S uh, and internationally, I guess, if they have touching in the United States, um, statewide, we operate um, in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and New York. Um, we have, uh, I'm based out of our Allentown office as we were talking about earlier. Um, and that is where my boss, Ted Zeller, who's, uh, general counsel to the Brewers of Pennsylvania is located as well. So we are mostly out of PA. Um, we have a, a colleague in New Jersey, Andrew Linden, who works mostly with our Jersey clients and with the Jersey uh, breweries, wineries and restaurants and all that. Um, and we have an office in New York city um, that is uh, that we are slowly building up our steam up that. I was going to say that's fairly new, isn't it there? Yeah. We've, we had an office there and we just moved to um Times Square in the beginning of the year. So it's a nice new space. I've not been up there yet. I have to go check it out. But, um, you know, we, we have, uh, uh, we have attorneys we work with in every single state. So, you know, we commonly do national work for people and, you know, verify and recommend, you know, different attorneys to work with, um, depending on which clients are doing what. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it can be a national practice in certain instances, but a lot of times it's, um, 
the national work is the distribution agreement review and uh, various states, every state's different, of course. Why would everybody be neutral and the same? So it's you know, always smart to have an attorney review your distribution contracts for everybody listening. There you go. <laughs> Tip of the day. Awesome, Matt. Well, I appreciate your time today. Everybody appreciates it. And uh, we'll have to check back in uh, another week or two maybe and um, you know, get additional updates as I'm, I'm sure we'll have some. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there'll be some more. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it as always. Good talking to you. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you find this valuable. Please follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. And while you're at Apple, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating. It helps us get noticed among the craft beverage community there. Thank you. Cheers and beer. Mighty things.